You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello, welcome everyone to the Mindful Drinking Movement podcast. I'm Jessica Betancourt, your host, former wino, hypnotherapist, transformational life coach, mama four, lady who can't keep her house clean, likes to make content to help people. Here I am. It's been a long time because because um, I have four kids and life is full and nuts and wild and it's just been a while. But here I am and I'm glad you're here and today's episode is called Why Drinking is Not Self-Care and Why Flexible Thinking is Really Important. So do you ever have a challenging day or maybe every day feels challenging and you really look forward to sitting down for your glass or your bottle of me time? And do you also consider yourself a health conscious person? Like maybe you try to eat well for the most part, try to get some exercise of some form as regularly as you can. Do you take supplements or practice other measures to ensure that you live in a body that will function properly and with ease over time? So here's a situation where we can see that whatever we believe, we will find evidence to back it up, to rationalize what we want to do so we can keep on doing it. This is also known as confirmation bias. So confirmation bias is also the act of enhancing or spin spinning, modifying evidence to back up one's existing beliefs. It's also the practice of eliminating or disregarding anything that doesn't keep one's belief system intact. So I used to do this all the time. Like looking back on myself retrospectively, I can see that I almost, I can almost like see myself plugging my ears and like shaking my head like, no, no, I'm not going to hear that. No, like that's not something that I believe. <laughs> because when I was drinking all the time, I had a fixed mentality about what I believed that drinking was doing for me. I told myself that wine relaxes me. It's how I reward myself. It's my me time. It's how I get a break from work and from parenting. And also I had convinced myself that I loved drinking. And so in order to keep doing it in good consciousness, I had to ignore all the evidence to the contrary that drinking was anything but good for me because I considered myself a health-conscious person. So the things that I was doing, because that's my, that was my identity, right? that's still my identity, but at the time I was drinking all the time, I also considered myself a health-conscious person, but because our behavior, our habits, our actions, they need to be in alignment with who we perceive ourselves to be, because we can only really do something that feels in accordance with who we are. So therefore, drinking, to me, I, I had to have beliefs circulating around drinking and what I was doing is as it was good for me it was giving me my me time I was relaxing this is how this is what I did these were my self-care rituals that all involved wine 
right? It's like everything has to be in accordance. Because our beliefs work together in an interdependent system. So it's almost like they cluster together and then breed more of themselves. For example, maybe you also consider yourself a healthy person, but you also drink almost every day or frequently. And that's completely understandable. So I used to get out of yoga class or leave the gym and then I would stop by the liquor store on my way home. Or I would make sure that I had to go to the grocery store to buy sponges or bananas or something so I could get my wine. Because I had beliefs that I'm a healthy person. I only buy, I only bought <laughs> quality organic wine because I'm a healthy person. Red wine is good for me. You see, the self-talk that we engage in really helps define who we perceive ourselves to be. That's really the message that I'm trying to convey to you. So if you consider yourself a healthy person or a person who likes to take care of yourself, then your beliefs about drinking also run in that same vein. And just really take a moment to um, reflect on how you talk to yourself about the way that you drink and why you do it. And you'll notice that it's all well-intended. Right? I don't think anybody really sits down like, now I'm going to drink this cup of poison because I love myself. Like, that just, no, that doesn't happen. We have to talk ourselves into what we're doing by the way that we talk to ourselves. And the way we talk to ourselves is so common, and a lot of that language has been there for so long that we cease to really recognize what it is saying and what, in fact, it's actually doing. It's instructions for our body to then go do something. And if those statements, those um, that self-talk, that tape has been playing for a long, long time, it's kind of hard to see because you just take it for granted as part of the internal environment that you live in, right? So as long as your beliefs and your stories and your self-talk are all in alignment with who you believe yourself to be, there will really be no impetus for change or no acceleration of change because your belief system will feel intact to your mind, which feels safe, it feels comfortable, it feels like this is who I am, therefore this is what I do. And this is where a lot of folks stay for long periods of time and they seem okay with it for the most part. And that's definitely how it was for me. I, you know, five years ago, I would never, I would have never listened to this podcast. I would have been like, you know, plug my ears. This lady's annoying. I don't want to hear that. Because sometimes we're not ready. Sometimes we're not in a place where we feel like change is happening for us or that we desire something different. Sometimes we just want to stay comfortable. We want to stay in that place and we will justify staying there with the beliefs that we entertain in the way that we're talking to ourselves. So there's nothing wrong with you at any stage of the game that you're in. I just want to shed some light onto the reasoning why drinking is not self-care. Drinking is not self-care because drinking is harming your body, your soul, your emotions, your thoughts in ways that you may or may not be aware of right now in this moment. And sometimes we're in really deep, deep pain or suffering and we can't find other resources that will help or soothe us. And therefore we label drinking self-care and we engage in drinking as self-care for these reasons because we're in deep, deep pain or we're suffering or we're completely you know, disengaged with feeling like we have any control or ability to change the things in our life that we're not happy with. So it's not that anything is wrong with you 
if this is what you're doing. I was doing it too. First, you know, everybody knows that. <laughs> I did this for a long, long time. But now because I can see from the other side of things, I just really want to help people understand that changing your drinking is not as difficult as, as you might think. It really is so much to do with the way that you're thinking and the way that you're talking to yourself and what your beliefs are. And when you become willing to see things a little bit differently, just even incrementally, little bits at a time, it creates huge shifts in the way that you choose to behave or to engage with substance. All right. Okay. So, however, when you do start to tell yourself a new story or to even begin to question your current belief system and to get curious about what else might also be true, then you begin to experience what is known as cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance is the act of holding two conflicting beliefs at the same time, such as I consider myself a healthy person and I now think that maybe I drink too much and maybe alcohol is really not as good for me as I had hoped that it was. And when this starts to happen, it does become uncomfortable because it means that you actually have to do something either with your habits or the way that you self-identify because to live in harmony with oneself, one's belief system needs to be intact and in alignment. And that is that your behavior must be a match for who you believe yourself to be. So if you consider that you're a healthy person and that alcohol backs that up in some way, like giving you downtime, relaxation, me time, it's a form of self-care, you probably aren't too activated to make changes from that place. But if you notice that you're having thoughts sprouting up and whether you immediately dismiss them or you're beginning to entertain them and to be curious about them, letting them in, if you will, you are probably more in the zone of cognitive dissonance which means that you are near, if not already, ready to make changes in your drinking habits. So my message isn't down with alcohol. It's not alcohol is the devil. If you drink, you're going to hell. As you know, if you're familiar with my content, my message is, though, if you do drink and you don't feel well, consider the correlation. Consider maybe the way that you are consuming is more an act of unconscious conditioning at this point than it is even a conscientious choice. And what can you do to change your thinking and patterns around drinking so that you feel in alignment with who you are being? Because if you are in cognitive dissonance, something's gotta give. You're either going to have to change the way that you consider yourself, believe yourself to be, or your habits have to change so that you can feel peaceful, so that you can feel whole and integral with who you're being and what you're doing. I'm also just really interested in a wider, more transparent conversation around alcohol and what harm it is doing to us, especially with chronic and binge style usage, because this is not a popular topic in mainstream culture, but it is certainly happening. And I think more and more of us are really waking up to that we've been I don't really like this word, but like brainwashed that alcohol is serving us when really it's hurting us and to be able to engage with it in a way that feels better, right, instead of more like harmful is a next step. So most people are not ready for total sobriety 
but changing your drinking and drinking less and cutting back will do wonders for you. Wonders. Amazing. Life upgrades. Evolution. So, yeah, and um, this is my, actually an episode for another day, but marketing has done an amazing job of making us feel and believe that drinking is a reward and a pleasure and a desirable pastime. So next time you're in the alcohol aisle, pay attention to the messaging that's being directed at you with slogans like, now it's time for you. It's wine o'clock somewhere. Be the girl with the best buds. These are ones I just saw just the other day because I'm getting more and more interested in, in the marketing of alcohol. We really need to look at that, like the messaging that we are being fed and immersed in. So because our subconscious absorbs all of this messaging, right? Helping us to believe that alcohol is good for us, that it calms our nerves, we deserve it, it's how we relax. And if these are things that you tell yourself, and you're also listening to this podcast and seeking out other conversations, literature, media that is talking about the reduction of alcohol use, that might signify that you are becoming more flexible in your thinking and also getting curious about the perceived benefits of drinking and whether or not that may actually be true or at least be true for you anymore. Okay, that's it for me today. Thank you for listening, and I will be back next week with my Halloween special. It's going to be about alcohol and the spirit world, which um, gives me goosebumps just talking about it. So tune in next week. I will see you soon. Also, to anyone who is ready for taking action towards drinking less for the long term, my six-week program the Mindful Drinking Method, Change the Way You Think About the Way You Drink. I have a few open available spots at the time of this recording. I also now offer single one-hour coaching sessions to help you reframe particular aspects of your drinking habits and to help you set micro-manageable goals towards creating lifestyle changes around alcohol. And you can find more information, scheduling links in the show notes. Thank you for being here. Thank you for opening your eyes to new possibilities for you and for your life. And remember that there's absolutely nothing wrong with you and anyone can change their drinking. We're just so deeply immersed in it that it can feel confusing and overwhelming, but you can always just start small. Make small changes and start by looking at the things that you tell yourself and ask if that still feels true or relevant for who you want to be. Take care and I will... See you next time.